Light a campfire and everyone's a storyteller. Join us for some thought-provoking and beyond fireside chats. Welcome to Leave Our World a Better Place. My name is Kasia and today I'm speaking to Pedro Barazza and Beyond Managing Director for South America. Welcome, Pedro. Thank you, Kasia. Very happy to be here talking with you. Fantastic. We've seized the opportunity today um, to have a little bit of a chat with you about um, your home country and your hometown, which is Santiago in Chile. And we're really looking forward to hear what you've got to say. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very passionate about my country and in general in South America. So very happy to talk about this uh, to you and to your audience. Fantastic. Pedro, um, Santiago is your hometown and it's also where you opened the first and beyond office in South America. Now, why would you recommend Santiago as a destination where travelers should spend a couple of nights rather than just using it as a stopover to other destinations and other attractions in Chile? Yeah, there are several reasons that I will, that I will say. I, I will start saying that while Santiago is a large city with over 7 million people, you do not feel such crowded when exploring the, the city, unless obviously you take the subway in rush hour, which uh, you will see there is a lot of people here. <laughs> but otherwise, the, the city uh, it's located between two mountain ranges, the, the coastal range and the Andes mountain range, uh, with very wide open spaces in, in the middle. Uh, and the city is quite spread out with several neighborhoods and, uh, and surrounded by also very quaint and picturesque uh, barrios, as we call it. Uh, so uh, for, for guests traveling into the city, they will find themselves in very small neighborhoods or barrio various where they can find the distinctive parts of, uh, of the city. We have the Italy neighborhood or Barrio Italia. We have La Staria. We have Bella Vista, Las Condes. So every time that you are uh, exploring the city, you are seeing a little bit more of uh, what the, the country has to offer. The views of the mountain also are, are, are amazing. You can see it from everywhere. And it's particularly interesting between uh, the winter and springtime where the mountains are covered by snow. So really very uh, impressive. The city is also quite vibrant with great support for food lovers, for choppers, for those who want to, I don't know, mingle with the local with the local people and uh, and see the local scene. So it is a, it is a city that uh, invites people to to connect with the locals. Uh, and and while most people will come to Chile, particularly to explore uh, the uh, remote areas that we have, the wilderness, uh, sometimes many of them don't have the opportunity to really connect with the local people or understand the way of living. And Santiago offered that opportunity for people to see how the Chileans are, how friendly we are, and how fun we are as well. And while we are not the most, uh, I would say, party animals in, in South America, uh, because Chileans are a little bit more serious than, than Brazil, for, for instance, uh, yes. you will see that the locals are, are, are really fun to, to be with. So there is, yeah, many, many things for why I would recommend Santiago. And, and right now it's considered among the, the best cities uh, in, in South America to it's leave. All, it sounds absolutely wonderful, Pedro. Okay, seeing as you obviously know the city really, really well, and you know all the ins and outs, um, I'm going to ask you for some of your top tips and your recommendations. Sure. Now... If a friend were to ask you to recommend a place to stay in the city, what would be what would be the place for you? Um, do you have favorite places for different types of travelers that you that you might recommend? Absolutely, absolutely. The city the city has a lot to offer for everyone, so it will depends very much on on who is traveling, what they are looking for, uh, for perhaps an intimate and more boutique option. Uh, first, I will select the barrio or the neighborhood where to stay for maybe young people, those that want to uh, be independent and, and on their own. Uh, I would recommend the Las Tarias uh, neighborhood, which mm -hmm. is uh, very close to downtown. And there you have a few very nice boutique hotels. One, my kind of my preferred option is the, the Singular. The Singular Santiago is very quaint, small uh, boutique hotel, uh, very sophisticated at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
but located in a nice area. Uh, if someone ha is, the, is more in a budget, perhaps I will recommend Cumbres, Cumbres Las Tarias, which is just next door of the Singular, so it's still in the same location uh, with all the opportunities to, to walk around, see the locally seen great bar and restaurant. So that would be for those, for those people. If uh, for a more classic option, for those that want to maybe not be in the middle of the downtown and, and, and some busy street in the night with, with, with uh, restaurants uh, and they want a more quiet area, the Ritz Cult, uh, it's, uh, it's a great option in Santiago. Uh, particularly, the location is quite nice. Also, there are within walking distance several fantastic uh, restaurant uh, options in the area. And the hotel is not big. I would say that it's more of a boutique type of hotel rather than a large hotel. So that's uh, that would be more classic. Also for for younger people, the one that like to 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 stay where where the local jet sets goes, I will recommend the W Hotel, which is also a nice and a very nice building with great views and and um, top roof bar uh, uh, is a, is a fantastic option. And for families, one one hotel that that I enjoy very much uh, is the is the new Mandarin Oriental Hotel, the first Mandarin Oriental in South America. That's the one that has really nice open spaces, public areas, a great a swim outdoor swimming pool with uh, phenomenal vistas of the Andes Mountain. So I think uh, there are many many choices. Uh, there are a lot of boutique hotels as well, but I, I will. I will say that the two best or and, and in a great area are the first one that I mentioned in Lastaris neighborhood. So there are definitely plenty of different options for, for different kinds of travelers. Now, if you were looking for a place with, with your family or your friends, um, if you just wanted to go somewhere to relax and get away from the crowds in the city, where would it be? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, although crowds is not really uh, much of an issue in the city mm -hmm. uh, because of how it's uh, layout and very spread out, um, I, I would say probably I will pick some of the neighborhoods. Um, one one that is closer to where we live is the Italia, Barrio Italia. Uh, it's a nice area to walk, to look for antique uh, or, or to do a small shopping, not not big, big uh, shopping malls there, just one man, one man shop uh, where they have some specific, I don't know, plants, sometimes books. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting. And, uh, and they, also, they also have some uh, nice uh, local restaurants in, in the area. So we probably will go there either biking from home or walking into, into the area for, for a while and then having lunch. So that would be a, a nice place for us to to be the other the other uh, option, which is more if you are in, uh, in in early morning and you want to do some exercises and you want to kind of uh, feel that you are outside of uh, of the city, is the amazing big San Cristobal Hill Park. This is one of the largest parks in South America, and and the the park offers some botanical garden. Uh, it has a beautiful Japanese garden as well. Cable cars, funiculars. Uh, great for for runners uh, for do biking or or getting lost in some of the pathway to do some some trekking. So this this park is is really nice and uh, and people enjoy uh, this place as, as well. So we will we will do that. I will take the bike um, any any weekend and we'll we'll do around thirty k from home to the park to the top where there is the, the Virgin Mary the statue and then have a, a nice uh, view of uh, of the city. Pedro, um, earlier on you mentioned, you know, the kind of place where you would go out to to eat lunch or so forth. I believe that Santiago is becoming very much more of a, a foodie and a gourmet destination as well. Personally, if you could have a meal in any restaurant in Santiago right now, where would it be and why? Well, if you say right now, that's, uh, yeah, that's dangerous because... Uh, <laughs> Probably uh, the first thing that I will do, and, and because we're a bit of lockdown at the yes. moment, it's, it's not possible, but I, dream, I will dream to go and need a, a nice ceviche at some of the, uh, the fish uh, restaurants uh, that we have in, in some areas of uh, Santiago. I probably will pick up La Mar, La Mar restaurant, mm -hmm. or the more simple version uh, of, uh, of a restaurant of that type, which is Tanta. Both Peruvian restaurant. I have to say, my family always laugh about me because I 
I'm a fan of Peruvian foods. Mm -hmm. They have taken uh, they have taken the the South America by storm with their great cuisine. So I will I will do I will do an, a nice ceviche or a fish dish in um, uh, in Lamar or the Tanta restaurant. If if we're more on, on uh, steak, uh, Chile has fantastic steak as well as Argentina. Uh, I probably would choose the Happening. Happening that's my favorite steak restaurant in Santiago. I will take my family there, or I will take some uh, business partner to go. Um, actually, one of my daughters enjoy enjoy very much meat, so that's uh, also her favorite place. I have some other places for my uh, vegan daughter, so we have kind of a different different option. If um, if we're looking, or if I I, I need my fix of uh, of local cuisine, and and if the family is not in a mood to prepare whatever I want, because uh, at home we also cook a lot of uh, local local food. But if uh, more looking for a traditional, more Chilean, I will I will go to Mestizo Mestizo restaurant. But indeed, I'm, I mean talking about food and wine, I can spend all day talking about that to you, Cassia. You obviously know all the ins and outs of of the exact places to be. Yeah. Are yeah. there any special experiences that obviously using your knowledge of the local restaurants and perhaps some relationships with, with chefs, are there any experiences that you're able to offer and beyond guests that they simply wouldn't, that are simply not accessible to the, to the general public in the local restaurants or, or with chefs? Yes, there are several several things that we, we, we do and like to do with our uh, visitors when they are coming into Chile, have some uh, great relationship with some chef. Uh, I will mention just a couple couple of, uh, of those. We, we like to, to consider when, when we have visitors into Santiago is to, for them to experience the warmth of and hospitality of the, of the local people. So we have a, a couple of uh, a chef ladies that they mm -hmm. they only do um, a special event at their home uh, in a, in the Lastarius neighborhood, very close to some of our uh, hotels, uh, where they invite um, just no more than four people to their home, and they cook fantastic local food for them. This is uh, we also have done for, for small family groups, small friends, uh, mm -hmm. also events in the house of a very renowned and, uh, and also TV chef here in, in Chile, Emilio. Emilio Pacheira is, uh, is of origin from Peru, but lived here and got married here in Chile. He, he also lived in the UK. And, um, and he is a fantastic communicator and, 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 and a great chef. So we have done events at his house. Uh, it's a beautiful house with a nice views of the city as well. Uh, cooking and talking and drinking and, and learning about the cuisine and uh, the, the local culture. So those are, are, are quite, quite interesting. And when uh, we have larger uh, friends or groups coming into the destination, we probably will pick up some of his restaurant uh, and, and do some cooking lessons or pisco sour lessons uh, to teach people how to, to prepare this, uh, this very typical South American drink, I would say, because we have an argument there between the Peruvian and the Chileans about the origin of the of the pisco, but uh, pisco sour for uh, for for everyone. So we will we will teach okay. how to prepare the best one uh, with some of the the local chef and and, and bar. Well, it's it's uh, obvious that there's a great deal that Santiago has to offer when it comes to the foodie scene. Um, and what about shopping and and retail? Um, do you have a favorite shop in Santiago, and what would you buy there? Oh, uh, shopping. That's uh, that's dangerous. There are also some uh, some jobs at home that are that I'm the one that I do more most of the shopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, I, I would say. Well, in if uh, not talking of uh, any type of shopping, but something that is more authentic, more local, more re related to South America or Chile. Uh, yes, there is one. There is two two store that comes to my mind at the moment. One one is alpaca wool, uh, where you get some uh, some of the best wool in the in the world made of uh, alpaca. This is our type of camelid that we have uh, here in in Chile and, and several countries in, in South America. So the quality of the wool is amazing. We we are in winter time now, so people that are dressing with a sweater or a scarf from from alpaca wool. I bet you they're very warm uh, at the moment, and that's a, it's a nice gift 
to consider to consider as well. So there are two shops that sells really good quality of, of this. Well, obviously there are more, but the, the one that we'll probably recommend to yes. any friend or visitors when coming into Chile is uh, Cuna, Cuna with K. That's one of, and Sol, Sol de Alpaca, Sol like Sun uh, of Alpaca. So that's uh, that's one one yeah one shop that I will probably recommend. I will go with them and I will guide them on on best quality of uh, of this wool. And uh, and the other is uh, which I try not to go quite often because it's a jewelry store. <laughs> so only if I if I I got very late for several days uh, in the week, probably will go to pick up some jewelry for my wife. But um, but this is uh, a blue stone blue mm-hmm. stone. Jewelry. Um, uh, we call we call this blue stone lapis lazuli. This is um, very typical from Chile. It's a semi-precious stone, and there are two places in the world where you can mine this uh, this stone. Uh, one is Afghanistan, and the other is Chile. So much 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 easier to come into Chile to to get some of this precious stone. Uh, you have some nice rings uh, mixed with gold or silver. You have necklace and uh, bracelet as well. Um, also, some nice figures like watch or or a or a chess game made of lapis lazuli is 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 quite interesting. So not only for for women, uh, I will I will recommend also for men to go because there are some nice details for men uh, on these uh, areas made of this uh, semi precious stone, the lapis lazuli. And uh, there are there are several shops uh, on on selling this. Perhaps the one that I will recommend that that I. I have experienced some uh, very good service, and, and they have uh, offered also good warranties for our guests. Is uh, a store called Blue Stone, just like the one that we were talking. That sound, those sound like absolutely amazing options, and uh, certainly sounds as though it's quite a dangerous city to visit if you've got a bit of a shopping habit. <laughs> yes, well, not much as South Africa, I would say, with all the yeah, with all the jewelry there and uh, and diamonds, but. But certainly Santiago has uh, yeah, something to compete with. Some unique things, yes. yes. Um, Pedro, earlier on when we were chatting about what Santiago has to offer, you mentioned um, the city situation um, and the views of the Andes. If you wanted to go somewhere to enjoy your favorite views, where would you go to do it? And, and by that I mean both the views of the mountains from the city and views of the city from the mountains. Oh, this is, yeah, this is crucial. Particularly when living in Santiago, you really want to have some of those views. I'm, I'm fortunate enough where, where I live that I'm very close to the Andes Mountains, so I have, uh, have the view of the Andes Mountains, some, some small boutique wineries as well around, around where I live, and, uh, and all of the city. There are, there are uh, one, one park that even not many locals know that is located in, uh, in one of the neighborhoods of, uh, of Santiago called La Reina. Uh, that is called the, the Maguida Park. Mm-hmm. This is just in the Cordillera of the Andes, uh, and it's a nice place to go with the with the family. And there are some some interesting places to to walk, to to train, uh, horseback riding uh, as well there. But have a fantastic view of the city of Santiago. So this would be uh, very close where I live, around ten to fifteen minutes from here. And if you want to see the Andes Mountain, the best spot is the is the park, the San Cristobal Hill that I was mentioning earlier. This is a beautiful uh, hill and a beautiful park in the middle of the of the city. And once you're here, you're looking into the the, uh, the buildings of uh, Las Condes area, but also the the impressive view of the Andes Mountain. So I will I will recommend these two places to go for for views of the of the city and also for, for views to the to the Andes Mountain, San Cristobal Hill, and Maguida Park. Mm-hmm. Um, you've spoken a lot about um, various kinds of outdoor activities. I know you spoke about about riding your bike to the park and then about um, horse riding activities nearby. It really sounds as though that's very much a culture in Santiago. What are some of your favorite outdoor activities in and around the city? Uh, definitely biking. Uh, the city has a lot of uh, biking routes all over. So this is a good way. Uh, it's, a, it's a good means of transportation for the for the locals, but also a good way for people to to um, explore the city. Uh, and, and because we're very close, also the mountain um, for the more expert um, 
bikers, they can do fantastic road into the mountain from, from Santiago. So biking is my, my first uh, choice, uh, but also walking because mm -hmm. we have some uh, great uh, areas in the, in the mountains to do hiking uh, for beginners and for the more adventurous that want to climb some of the tallest mountains in, in, in Chile. We also have one of the highest mountains in South America, very close by, which is the Aconcagua Mountain. But this is uh, yeah, over 6,000 meters high. So this is a, a more technical mountain to, to climb. But, but I will say trekking, biking uh, around the city is it's, it's really, it's really good. Fabulous. Now, you mentioned um, like the, mount the mountains that you mentioned. It sounds as though there are quite a few places around, around Santiago that are very interesting in their own right and that you could easily use the city as a base to explore. Um, if you were to enjoy a day trip or a weekend away from the city, what are your favorite places to go? Uh, several, several. And, and that's the beauty of Santiago because everything is close. If you look in the, into the map when, when seeing Chile, Chile is, is this very long and narrow country that is uh, bordered by the Andes Mountain and also the Pacific Ocean. So everything is within uh, within a very short distance. The, the mountains, uh, less than one hour, you're already there. Uh, the coast, in an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. The wineries, you have wineries within the city and in one hour up to three or more hours. So uh, if, you, if you ask me what I, what I enjoy very much, one is the wineries. I, I like to go into there sometime with friends to pick up some wines or... Uh, if we have visitors, we will take them to have to some of the restaurants or even to do picnic in some of these uh, wineries. So I probably will pick up the, the wineries uh, first, depending on the time and the season. In autumn, it's beautiful to go into the winery because of the color of the leaves of the of the wines. Um, in in summer, I most likely will go into the, the Pacific coast uh, to enjoy some some great fresh uh, seafood in in the area to. Maybe enjoy also the, the beach, even though the Pacific water are very cold, particularly in the Chile, the Chile part, uh, due to the home current. Uh, and in winter on, and spring, uh, the mountain, the Andes Mountain, that's, uh, I would say, would be my, my preferred option. And this is something that we regularly do uh, with the family or with friends because of everything is, is quite close. As a South African, obviously, the, the part of that that really intrigues me as well is about the wineries. What are some of the wineries that you like to visit and what do you believe makes them so special? Well, you, you, you guys have fantastic wine as well in South Africa. So really enjoyed my time in, in Cape Town and the, and the wine country. Uh, and, and, and yes, I, I enjoy the wine. I, I'm not much into the larger producer uh, wine, even though we have in Chile um, Concha y Toro, which is a very famous um, vineyard. Uh, probably is the largest in the world, recognized uh, in, in several awards. They produce from the cheap wine to some of the top uh, wineries in the world. Uh, Don Melchor would be kind of the top top of the rank, and, and I would say one of my favorite. But this is a large, uh, it's a very large vineyard. They actually sponsor Manchester United in the, in the UK, so that at that level. I will I would definitely recommend and go into the more boutique intimate vineyard. Uh, there is one that is located 45 mm -hmm. minutes from uh, from Santiago, uh, very close, almost within the city. It's a, a small boutique. It's an organic and biodynamic vineyard. It's called Vigna Hotfield Vineyard. Uh, the owners are from Norway, and they have managed to produce a, a, this fantastic uh, wine. And, uh, and you can go visit, buy some wine, enjoy some picnic in their, in their uh, grounds uh, or have lunch with some friends and family, uh, but in a very intimate place. Uh, also, I will visit, will visit the Casablanca Valley, which is halfway to the Pacific coast. They produce some of the top white, wine, uh, white wines in Chile. Um, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, even Pinot Noir uh, is produced quite, quite nicely there. There are a couple of uh, good vineyards in, in the area, Matitich and Casas del Bosque. So that would be also a nice place to, to escape. If you, if you want to, to be in the heart of the wine country, 
you you will have to drive around two hours south of Santiago, and then you will be in the uh, Colchagua Valley. In Colchagua Valley, you have also some of the top wineries mm -hmm. in Chile, starting from La Postol to Montes, uh, even to this more exclusive uh, Viña Vic that, that I enjoy the, their wines very much. So options for wines, lover, this is, uh, yeah, this is the place. And, uh, and the beauty as well of, uh, of Santiago and the wine region is that we are very close to uh, Argentina's um, wine country as well. Only 30 minute flight, you cross the Andes and you are in Mendoza in, in Argentina, or you drive the and across the Andes for six hours and you get into this amazing place as well in uh, in Argentina. So you have kind of the best of the of both world of uh, Chilean and Argentinian wines uh, very close uh, when coming into Santiago. So it's very, very, very easy to combine the two. Absolutely, very easy. Just in, in general, I mean, we've only been speaking about Santiago and there's already so many different options and so many things to do. What would be your recommended itinerary and the absolute must-visit places for first-time travelers to Chile? Yes, for first-time travelers, I will... I will go. I will go definitely to the areas that are uh, much into into the the visitor's eye or mind when thinking about Chile, which is uh, Patagonia. Uh, of course, Patagonia is a, is a large area um, that that combines Chile and Argentina territory in the southern part of the or on the southern cone of South America. So it's a large extension, and and, and you can be traveling in Patagonia for weeks and weeks, and you will not cover all. But that would be an area that for first-time visitor would be important. Also the Atacama Desert, because uh, I would say Chile, one of the uniqueness of the country is that it's so diverse. And we have uh, this contrast, this amazing contrast, having the driest desert in the world in one side of the, of the country to the ice field of Patagonia and the access to Antarctica as well from here. So uh, I always recommend uh, our friends or our visitors to experience this contrast of being in the desert and then in Patagonia, uh, because it feels like you're having multiple holidays within one holiday. Uh, so it will be Atacama, Patagonia, and I will definitely finish in the lake region. The, the, the lake district of Chile, uh, for me, is one of my favorites. The, the landscape with the, the lush green forests, the mountains, the rivers, the lakes, you will never stop uh, uh, or you, you will never get tired of exploring this this area and uh, and and more of a reason also is because we the first lodge of Ambillon in South America uh, is located in in this area and once you visit you will realize why why we pick up this place which is magical uh, in terms of all the activities that you can do but also uh, how how you can appreciate nature particularly during this time where we need to be in much uh, close contact with nature and understand why all this is happening. Uh, I think we have a good opportunity when you're visiting uh, Chile of, of being that close of, uh, of nature. So that's, for me, would be the, the recommended itinerary. A uh, few, few nights in, uh, in the Atacama Desert, maybe three, four nights uh, in Patagonia, because the distances uh, in Chile are so long. We're one of the longest countries in the world. Um, I would recommend probably four to five nights in, in Patagonia just to, just to see the highlights um, the area is so big that you could, as I said, could be weeks there and, and, and still cover part of, part of that. And in the Lake District, to finish with three to four nights, I think that would be the best uh, uh, use of your time for a 10 to 14 days uh, trip into, into Chile. And obviously, with, with so many different places and so many different attractions, you must get a lot of, of repeat travelers who, who come back for a second or a third time. Do you have sort of more off the beaten track experiences that maybe not most that most first time visitors wouldn't maybe experience that you would recommend for somebody who's coming again back again for a repeat visit? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 you mentioned the the right word, word about uh, repeat guests. We have many many guests that come for first time into Chile without knowing much uh, of what they will find here because. In general terms, Chile is not the, the, the most touristy country in South America. 
Most people know about Brazil and about Argentina, Peru, or Galapagos. But Chile is kind of a like, hidden jewel, I would say. People come with very, very normal expectations when coming to Chile. But once they, they realize all what the country has to offer, the security that you can find here, the, the friendliness of the people, great destination for families, they come the first time and they just realize that they just touch the surface of the, of the country. And, uh, and then they want to explore more. And every place you go uh, outside of Santiago is a new place to discover, not, not many tourists uh, and, and areas of the beaten path that you can find are many, uh, starting maybe for Easter Island, which is, uh, is in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, more Polynesian than Chilean, five-hour flights to get there, uh, to more remote places like Northern Patagonia or the Carretera Austral. This, is, this area is, uh, for me, one of uh, the treasure that are yet to be discovered in, in Chile, um, where, where recently has been created the Root of Park, one of the largest protected areas in the world uh, where you can explore uh, in thousands, thousands of kilometers. Uh, approximately, this Carretera Austral or Austral Highway has uh, 1,500 uh, kilometers or 1,000 miles, and it's uh, really very unexplored with very few um, infrastructure. So you have to be prepared, maybe four-wheel drive vehicle. Uh, there are some small lodges and uh, small uh, hotels, but not big chains of hotels in this area. Uh, and, uh, and you have some beautiful parks uh, in, in this part. And another, another area that I would recommend as well uh, for someone coming for a second time or maybe third time is Chiloé. Chiloé Island is the second largest island in South America. It, it is in the south part of Chile, approximately one hour and half, one hour and a half. Uh, flights from Santiago, direct flight to get into this very picturesque island. It is uh, it is a combination of uh, of Spanish and native people that they have uh, been a little bit isolated, and there is a plans to build a, um, a bridge uh, to the island. But you you find these houses on the stilts, great uh, fishing villages around the the area, hundreds of uh, island in this uh, beautiful archipelago, traditions traditional food. Uh, and, the, and, and also considered one of the UNESCO World Heritage in several uh, of the, their, their locations because of the wooden churches that were made into this, uh, this island. People are very religious, and, uh, and this is one of the interesting places of, uh, of the country where mythology are still a big deal in the, in the area. They believe in mythological beings, and that's why they, they were very religious mm -hmm. uh, just a few decades ago, so it's uh, it's quite interesting, and uh, and anyone going into this this island will will enjoy a fantastic experience, and and, and really uh, uh, outside of any crowd or any touristy uh, places. Even Chileans are discovering both Chiloé and uh, Carretera Austral very much in the last decade uh, here in, in in the country. Pedro, you speak with such incredible passion about. All the various places in Chile and it, it's very very obvious that you thoroughly love exploring your own country yeah yeah no definitely I'm very passionate about Chile about South America I I don't get bored of exploring uh, all the all what we have to offer so so apologies if I'm I'm, I'm extending too much in some of the topics not at all not at all personally would you like to share one of your most memorable travel experiences in Chile with us Ah, <laughs> that's a tricky one. Many, many. Easter Island is a special place, I would say. There are not many places um, in the world that have um, given me that sense of freedom. I would say, I would say uh, now that I have experienced uh, safaris in Africa, uh, I, I can compare my experience of uh, feeling alive, feeling uh, nervous for 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 uh, for being so close of uh, wilderness mm -hmm. in Africa, I will compare with the freedom that you feel in in Easter Island, where you are exploring this this beautiful place in the middle of the Pacific Island. This is one of the most remote places. The Rapa Nui people, the local people, are very special, mm -hmm. uh, and they don't have the sense of urgency. They don't have the sense of uh, materialism of uh, trying to make money for mm -hmm. for living. 
they just enjoy life and they have this the Pacific Ocean just around them. If they need food, they go and fish. If they need vegetable, they go and plant their vegetable there. They have this family and uh, and uh, root, uh, family connections very deep in their root. And, uh, and and obviously with all these beautiful uh, stone statues, the Moai make it uh, quite a special, quite a special place. So I will. I will say that this, while it's not the same of being in Africa, the sense of uh, of you being alive uh, and and it is nature and it is um, contact with people that what's matter more than material thing. I think that's uh, what that's uh, for me is is quite beautiful. I will say as well that um, um, having having the opportunity to have traveling extensively in South America, that I will have a long list of memorable experience around South America uh, trip. I've done Antarctica as well. That was very special to me, uh, but but I but I will say that uh, perhaps northern Patagonia, exploring places that no no people has even walk over some of the uh, ice field in 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 northern Patagonia, and that I treasure uh, a lot as well as as part of my travels in in Chile. That sounds absolutely fabulous. What about? Um... Okay, so those those are some of your most memorable experiences. What about a place in Chile that you go back to over and over again that you feel drawn to to explore and to come back to numerous times? Yeah, which I do, which I do. <laughs> this is uh, this is the, the southern part of the of the country, particularly the Lake District. I while I I grew up in Santiago, um, I spent most of my my time of uh, being a young and a, and a teenage in the in the late district and we were going every year uh, every summer going into into the south until I decided to to move and live in the south for yeah. approximately four years where I found my wife and got married and uh, and we have families in the southern part of Chile so every time that we can we go back uh, I normally like to drive, so I will take different roads and stop in different places mm-hmm. to see and explore the southern part of the of the Chile. And uh, and and because it's the, the the beauty of the Lake District is so overwhelming, uh, you never get tired seeing the the mountains with the snow, without the snow, the forests uh, green or with different colors in autumn. Uh, the lakes, the rivers. Uh, I think that's an, that's an area where you can come back and stay fantastic for as a family destination because you can do all the outdoors outdoors that you want from fishing, trekking, mountain biking, horseback riding, climbing, canyoning, you name it. Uh, all the activities uh, that you can imagine. So as as my kids were growing, we were doing different activities with them, uh, and as they are big now. Uh, I also can 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 continue going back and 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 they definitely enjoy, it. Uh, and it's it's much closer as well to where we live. So this would be an area that I will never get tired to visit, and I I would I would recommend very much to anyone to to include it in in the first, second, and third itinerary because they will there is so much to see. The way you spoke about the Lake District earlier, I had a funny feeling that that would be the answer to this question. <laughs> Let's see, Pedro, just um. In terms of global trends in travel, travelers are increasingly looking for experiences that that are sustainable and that help to make the world a better place. Can you tell us about a person, property, or place in Chile that's doing great work to to improve the world, to leave it a better place, and that you're proud to be associated with? Mm, mm. Well, I... <laughs> I cannot mention anyone uh, before this amazing organization that we have had the, the fortune to, to be connected with, Pumpkins Foundation. They, they pr- probably are one of the most inspiring people that I have ever come across. Uh, both Doug Pumpkins and Chris Tompkins has uh, inspired many, many people on, on protecting our nature. They have been so generous on donating uh, big lands in the in the northern part of the Patagonia region to to the Chileans and uh, uh, Doug Tompkins mm-hmm. and, and Chris they were uh, philanthropists 
wealthy philanthropy from the United States that came to protect uh, some of the forests in the southern part of Chile, and uh, and with the only goal uh, for them to for these to become national parks and be for all Chileans and be protected. Um, so I I, mm -hmm. I will say that they are the the largest inspiring of protecting our world and, and making our world a better place, and I think that comes very close to the ethos of. Uh, of the company, and, and I've been very happy for them to to see the connection that uh, they have with our own uh, care of the life, wildlife, and people in and beyond. So mm -hmm. the cooperation that we have had with them has been quite quite great, and I'm very and I'm, I'm very pleased of uh, of what we have done with them. Uh, that's in, I would say in a large scale. Because what they have done, I think there are not many people in the world that have done such a large donation of that. Mm. Uh, in a much smaller scale, I would say um, a small local foundation uh, that we have been working very closely in the last uh, couple of years with our lodge in the Lake District, Cambillon um, Vida Vida, is the Race Foundation, mm. foundation who have been uh, work, work, uh, working with the Mapuche communities. The Mapuche are the native Indians of, uh, of Chile uh, that, that was a very fierce uh, tribe in the past that neither let the Incas or the Spanish to conquer their lands in the late district. So they have they maintained their tradition and roots very, very deep into the area and no one was able to, to interfere or cross into this place. Uh, at the same time they they, they do are very jealous of their land and are very protected uh, because they have seen how much uh, uh, damage has been done surrounding where they live. So the communities uh, has, has been let aside sometime by the government and, and this foundation has been helping to, to improve their quality of life and also to communicate their culture to, to visitors. So we have been working quite closely with them and also with some of the communities around our lodge uh, Doña Rosario, for instance, is uh, is an amazing lady from the community that uh, that uh, even for 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 myself and my my kids has been astonishing to to met met her and hear uh, her stories about her culture. Uh, so brave, so inspiring, and uh, and and I think that's uh, that's for for us as a, as a company and also for for me as a, as a Chilean. Is, uh, is something that we, we definitely need to be proud of, of, of that. So, yes, we, we have those people, we have those contacts, and, uh, and, and we are fortunate to share their experience, their culture when they're coming and visiting uh, our lodge in the, in the late district. Pedro, you've mentioned the Mapuche, uh, the Mapuche people, um, and that is very much another trend that's, that's increasingly growing in travel, is for guests to look for authentic experiences with local people. And ones that are done sort of in a way that is sensitive to the culture, but yet presented in, in an authentic manner. Are there experiences that that we offer with either with the Mapuche at Vira Vira or in, in other places in Chile that provide that element? Yes, definitely. Definitely. As I, as I said also at the beginning, Chile is really a tourist place, a very touristy place. And there are a lot of opportunities to to get this contact with the local people, either is, if it is in Patagonia with the local gauchos, or, which are the cowboys, uh, or um, in, in the late district uh, when visiting our lodge with the Mapuche, with the Mapuche people and the Mapuche communities, uh, getting to know them in the area where they live, not in a, in a kind of show way. It is, yeah. it is authentic. It is how they live, how they communicate, how they transmit their experiences of uh, 100 years living in that area uh, with their tradition, with their costumes, with their food, with their beliefs. And, and, and I think that's, uh, that's something that Chile in general has a lot to offer. Even in the wine country, for instance, where you, you can meet the huasos, the local cowboys of the areas that has been in the area with their, with their hats, with their clothing, with their horses. Uh, all of this can be experienced in a, in a trip when coming into, into Chile. And, and definitely this is uh, very nicely done at Ambillon Vira Vira when you have the opportunity to go outside and one day be doing amazing hiking into one of the active volcanoes 
and the other day you are eating local food with Doña Rosario and their family in a ruca, which is a local home of the Mapuche people. So the combination and experience that you can have in, in one in one trip is uh, it, yeah is really unforgettable. That's amazing, Pedro. In your opinion, what is it that makes the the itineraries and the experiences that and beyond offers different from anything else that travelers might be able to to experience on their own? Yes, it's. Uh, I think we're we're very as a company and 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 our people, our staff, very sensible of uh, nature, of uh, doing things right, and uh, and making sure that whatever we do, we do it with a with a sense of uh, of community, and that we we showcase the best of the destination, but in a obstructive way uh, to the people, and and we. Because of the way we we work and and, and our ethic mm -hmm. behind, uh, many doors are open of uh, places that people wants to want to connect with other people. So I will say our itineraries reflects that special approach that we have into the people, into the places, mm -hmm. and also being sensible as well of what people are looking these days when traveling, which is not just the marble marble or the gold the luxury for the sense of luxury but the 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 luxury of being out in a pristine environment with people that care and uh, also that they can see the world with different eyes when when traveling and come back home change and more uh, connected to to our planet and i think that's something that we look very much into our itineraries to create that that experience that surprise as well, because uh, one of the things that we like as beyond is to surprise our guests. Nothing is it's, uh, sealed uh, in, in, in stone of what they would be seeing or doing. What they said, they turn something, but the surprises along the way on how we will create that memorable experience is that will last uh, forever for, for the clients when visit, when visit us. So we, we never go into all the touristy places that all people go unless there is something specific we want to show. Uh, and most of the cases, we will be going outside the normal route, outside the normal hour, uh, outside the touristy places, just for the guests to, to experience uh, the close contact with, with nature, the close contact with the people, and uh, also to have fun, uh, which for us is, is quite important when traveling with us. Pedro, you've done an absolutely excellent job of painting this beautiful, vivid picture of Chile. And I'm sure lots of people would want to experience it straight away. But um, as you pointed out earlier, a lot of the world is still in lockdown at the moment. And um, I'm sure that a lot of people are looking for inspiration to get them through until the time when they can travel again. Just to help a little bit with that, do you have any favorite books or movies about Chile that you can recommend? Uh, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to inspire people to come to Chile. They will have to wait because we're in lockdown at the moment, but we will be here. <laughs> Chile will be here. And, and yes, I think uh, we, we recently launched uh, kind of uh, our, our experiences and uh, kind of taste, taste of South America with inspiration, uh, mm -hmm. with books and movies. And, and yeah, I have to, I have to do a few, a few, uh, Oh, I have to list a few of those into into that. Um, I, I was thinking thinking uh, this morning about what what really have uh, inspired me as well to continue uh, exploring my country and and in terms of uh, of movies, I would say I would say there is one movie that is is very interesting. It's it's, it's from several years ago. It uh, was from a revolutionary guy, very well known in South America. Uh, called the Che Guevara, and uh, there is a movie of, uh, of of a book that is called the uh, Diaries, Bicycle Diaries, uh, where he explores in a motorbike with some friends uh, South America, and it shows different landscape of uh, of Chile as well, from the from the north of the Atacama Desert to the to the south. I think this is quite interesting because uh, not only showcase the beautiful landscape that we have here in South America, but also some of the the issues about inequality as well that you can experience in many of the Latin American countries. So I think that's it's quite inspiring, inspiring movie. 
I would recommend also um, a series on Netflix uh, that talks about the Andes Mountain, and it's called The Magical Andes. Uh, this is quite, quite interesting because it shows uh, all the cultures and, and people that live around the Andes Mountain, not only in Chile, but in the, in the rest in South America. So I, I think those two will give a good impression, a good idea uh, of uh, what the destination has to offer and also to understand a little bit more of the background of uh, our, our countries. And, uh, and in, terms of, um, uh, in terms of books, um, I've I been reading a lot of, about Patagonia. That's an area also that I enjoy very much going back several times. Uh, there is one yes. that is called In Patagonia from Bruce Chadwick. That is very, very interesting. The last one that I read was called Patagonia Wild and Free. Patagonia Wild and Free. That is from, uh, mm -hmm. which is the, the memories of uh, William Greenwood. Uh, and this was a, a British uh, guy that came with some friends in 1872 to Patagonia, particularly to Punta Arenas region. And, uh, and they, they came to hunt and, and William, uh, he decided to stay in the area. He fell in love of Patagonia. There is some fantastic uh, history. And until nowadays, he, he is still remembered as uh, Don Guillermo. Don Guillermo. Guillermo being the Spanish name for William, uh, mm -hmm. in, the, in the minds of the local people very much in the area. He has a lot of interesting stories. And Patagonia Wild and Free is a really nice book for someone that is traveling, particularly to, into Torres del Paine National Park, which is the area where he was um, uh, visiting and, and, and doing a lot of his exploration on horse uh, during that area. The, the local cowboys in Patagonia, they are called uh, Baquianos, Baquianos. And he transformed himself in one of the best Baquianos in, uh, in, in Patagonia. So this is a very interesting uh, story and a very interesting book. So I would recommend that very much. I'm definitely going to have to have a look and see if I can find both the movies and the book. Thank you, Pedro. Yeah. No, you're welcome, Katja. Pedro, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much. I'm going to have to get you to come back and tell us some more stories about different places and different destinations in South America. But for now, thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome, Katja. It has been really a pleasure. I hope that uh, we have uh, um, touched uh, to your audience with uh, stories about Chile and that they can come and visit. And uh, certainly there is much more in, uh, for other countries in South America. So really happy to, to connect on uh, another opportunity to talk of our other destinations. Absolutely, definitely. Thank you again, Pedro. Okay, you're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Beyond Fireside Chats. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. If you have any comments or feedback, or would like to suggest a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, drop us an email at firesidechats at endbeyond.com. We'd love to hear from you.